0: you're gonna be loved here if you wouldn't mind filling out a little bit of a visitor form it's right there in front of you uh, in the pew in front of you and dropping that out uh, side in the welcome area my wife and I would be happy to take that from you and just welcome you with a warm handshake and hug around the neck and saying God bless you so happy that everyone's here today now there's gonna be some folks that aren't gonna be here for a little while uh, as that nasty bugs going around again and uh, you know a little bit about that, but they are watching online. And would you be in prayer and also be, just be conscious of that. Okay. Um, if you got to do the elbow bump for a little while, well, that's fine too. I'm not a rule guy. I'm a relationship guy, but keep in mind, everybody's health is important. Praise the Lord. Hey, would you turn in your Bibles this morning? First John chapter two, verse 15 is where we're going to begin and, uh, going to start a series here on holiness. And, uh, to that probably modern american culture would say what is that what is holiness well, what we're going to really be talking about over the next couple of weeks is a heart for holiness and that's really where holiness stems from we really need a heart transplant and a heart or blood transfusion from god in order to become like god has called us to be amen yes. amen so as you're turning your bibles uh, i hope this not to offend you but to gross you out quite a bit uh, every once in a while I, I enjoy a gross moment I know you don't uh, but if it shocks you this morning or if it grosses you out that's the point okay I want to talk to you a little bit about contaminants that the FDA allows in everyday food have you ever thought about when you drink your coffee or maybe when you need eat a sandwich or when you happen to eat a bowl of cereal, the FDA allows a certain amount of grossness. There's a tolerance for the amount of rodent hairs, insects, and certain chemicals to be in there uh, for you to consume. You have to understand that uh, what you eat every day doesn't magically come down from heaven with storks and present it to you without any type of contamination. Uh, Your food is made in these really, really big, huge warehouses that at night, when people aren't working, someone is coming in and eating, okay? And let's just, uh, let's start with coffee this morning. You're already, you're you're excited, I can tell. Wonderful. Let's start with coffee this morning. Has anybody had a cup of coffee today? All right. Yeah, I've had like three. Knowing even that I'm going to share this, I still drank all right so what is the fda guidelines on that well as much as four to six percent of the bean count that made your coffee today and i know you you the coffee's hot right uh but but what if you got iced coffee what if it was cold brew all right so so as much as four to six percent of the bean count is allowed a certain level of insect infestation And so they've got a way, quality control, to know that there's so many bug parts in the beans that made your coffee today. Are you enjoying your coffee still? How many people love black pepper? There's a few people that put that on their eggs. We're still in breakfast. Okay, as you sprinkle that black pepper on your morning eggs, please remember this, that at least 40... Insect fragments are in every teaspoon. <laughs> I can preach as long as I want this morning because you, you won't want any lunch. You, you, let's get to lunch. Let's get to lunch. I am a peanut butter and jelly kind of guy. Oh, no. Peanut butter and jelly on rye. Peanut butter and jelly, that's all I put in my belly. I love it. I love peanut butter. It's one of the most controlled foods though, praise God. It's awesome. The FDA says this, on average you can have only so many rodent hairs, 30 or so, parts of rodent hairs, and insect fragments for every 100 grams, okay? So that's a 3.5 ounce of Jiffy. Inside that Jiffy, they're allowing so many rodent hairs now think it there could be 30 rodent hairs all just kind of whipped up inside of there do you like to eat rodents wow you know so in in a in a two tablespoons now i don't i don't care for tablespoons at all when i eat ice cream cereal everything else, i get a soup ladle you know so i don't know anything about this but in two uh, tablespoons of peanut butter right? Eight insect fragments are allowed. So the tolerance is you can pass that on to the consumer as long as it's got under eight insect fragments. Now that is absolutely disgusting. I'm not even going to get into jelly. Jelly is so bad because with jelly, they allow 30 to 40 percent of it or more to be mold. And they say it's okay because you're, you know, you're going to make it. Come on. So some of you are like, I don't care about that. I mean, I've got milk from last year and, you know, and I'm into cottage cheese and... You know, we think about that and we say, that is really gross. I don't even want to hear about that this morning. But when we, when we think about holiness, let, let's, just, let's just remember this, okay? We have lived in a world that has caused us to be so callous, so complacent to the contamination of sin... That when we hear certain things that go on in our lives, we're not repulsed by it anymore. We're repulsed by it if we're going to eat it. But we're not repulsed by it at all anymore because we've become complacent with it. We have no idea on how this makes God feel. God has called us to holiness, and I want to tell you, it is a big deal for God. Even though for us we think, well, you know... Society has changed, and life has changed, and culture has changed, and these are just the new things that everybody's doing. That is called the contamination of the love of the world. That's what that is. When that no longer bothers you, you have now gotten to a place where you're comfortable and almost in love with the world. Salah really. Hebrews tells us that without holiness, you and I will not see God. The standard that God has is zero tolerance. The FDA of heaven is Jesus. And nothing is getting into heaven that doesn't look like Jesus. Now, before you think I'm going to slip right into legalism and start to begin to tell you that you can produce this on your own I'm here to tell you you can't but that doesn't mean we shouldn't desire it that doesn't mean we shouldn't have a heart for it and it doesn't mean we shouldn't come to Jesus and ask him to give us two things church a heart transplant his heart not my heart my heart says that's okay his heart says that's not okay and it's not allowed And number two, a blood transfusion. I want what moves the heart of God to move me. I want what breaks the heart of God to break my heart. I want what God says is right to be righteousness in me, not what the world says. Are we okay with that? Because I'm going to mention the word love, and that word love is being thrown around today. Well, they love each other think about what I just said It's okay they love each other aren't you for love if you're not for love then you must be about hate right and if you tell me that it's wrong then what you're saying must be hate speech do you see how this gets twisted and the truth gets twisted and that's a manipulation that comes from loving the world I'm going to take you through what that means this morning. And it begins here in our text. If you're there in John, look at, look at how John begins. He says this, Do not love. Do not love. What? You want me to finish that sentence, I hope. Because as Christians, if there's anything that we're called to it's love. Are you with me this morning? Yeah. There should be some tension here. This is coming from John. Who is John? John self-discloses himself in the scriptures as the love guy. Notice I didn't say the love doctor. <laughs> All right, He's the love guy. He says, even in his own gospel, he calls himself, not John, he calls himself the disciple that Jesus loves he wanted to identify with the love of Jesus I'll give you a few other kind of looks at his world here remember when Jesus is at the Last Supper Jesus says one of you are going to betray me each of the disciples say Lord is it I is it I John the love guy leans into jesus's bosom the bible says almost like he can hear the heartbeat of a savior right instead of saying lord am i going to be the one in my own strength to pull this off or not he's the one that's just like i need your love i need your strength if there's anybody that should be defining what love is for us it's john john is the guy in the book of revelation that tells the church that's walked away from god You have left your first love. He writes more about love in the New Testament than anyone else. He is the apostle, you might say, of love. And yet he says here, do not love. And it's interesting, he uses the word agape for love. This is the love that is sacrificial, unconditional, that comes from God to us he says do not love what do not love the world and when you encounter the world he's not talking about people he's not talking about creation he's talking about the world uh, the word world here is cosmos the system this world's system do not love the world's system hello Now, there's some tension here because for me, you have to understand the corpus of the Bible, the New Testament, there is copious amounts of verses that come from John and his gospel and his epistles and in the book of Revelation about love. Think about this. We love because this guy, John, says that God first loved us. We love because God not only first loved us, but God is love beloved let us love one another for love is of God and everyone that loves is born of God and knows God he that does not love knows not God for God is love and yet the same guy says do not love the world this same man talking about the love of God He is quoting Jesus when Jesus says, what is the first commandment? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your strength. Anybody pull that off? Christ was the only one. That doesn't mean we aren't called to have a heart for it, though. This, this idea of love carries throughout Scripture. We are to love our neighbors as ourselves. That is from Leviticus and from the Gospels, Jesus preaching there. In fact, that is how we, the world knows that we are Christians. Why? Because Jesus says they will know you are my disciples by your love. And yet in the same, the same corpus of Scriptures, we hear love not... What's wrong with you? You're supposed to be a Christian. We've heard about you. You're the you're the love people. How can you be against this? We love you. We do not love the sin. We love God, but we do not love the world. Do not Oh, the tension in that. Love your enemies. In this that you fulfill the law. We love you, but we do not love the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Friendship with the world is enmity or making yourself the enemy of God. So even though we are filled with definitions and calls to love, There are certain things we are not called to love. Well, you're saying some love can be sinful. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. There is a lie from the pit of hell that pervades our culture today that says we're in love with love. Not the source of love. We're just in love with being in love. I love you you love me well what's that based on is it it's not, not good. yeah that is that that is it's rhetorical but yeah I guess I get that for asking uh, what is my love for you and what is your love for me based on it's it's based on his love and what he defines as love so so when we think of, and if I could just, because there's lots of things to pick on, but if I could just think of one here, the word eros for love, erotic love, the word for this type of relational love that we have today. I'm going to give you three areas, and I'm just going to pick on that because often the, the pushback from the world is you're not loving, Okay? When, 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 when one person loves the same sex in a way that God hasn't called them to love, James and John and Jesus says, love not. Yeah. When someone begins to have an erotic love for someone else outside of marriage... And that love is expressed in a way where two become one flesh and there's no covenant. James and Jesus and John say love not. Pastor, I don't agree with you. It's okay. Listen, I'll still buy you a subway. I'll get you the cold cut combo. You don't have to agree with me. The decision you have to make is whether or not you agree with Jesus and the word of God. You're not disagreeing with me. You have to decide, will you take the definition that the Bible says is love or will you let the world tell you what it is? (sighs) Let me help you here because I've got to talk about James and John for a second here. I'm going to give you the rest of what john says you know in first john chapter 5 beginning with verse 5 he says we don't love the world he says that that world that we're trying to love is passing away and then in chapter 3 verse 1 he says that same world you're trying to love is ignorant of god in chapter 3 verse 13 He says that same world you're trying to love hates believers. In chapter 4, verse 1, he says that same world you're trying to love is the abode of false prophets. And in chapter 4, verse 3, it's the abode or it it is the house or the place of living for the spirit of the Antichrist. And then in verse 5 of chapter 4, he says it's also the place where unbelievers live. And then he says that the whole world from that place is controlled by the evil one. You're attempting to love the world. And the world does not love God. And it does not love believers. And it does not love what God has said. But the whole world is telling you that you're in hatred if you don't love their system. And I'm here to tell you, that's not love. James says in James chapter 4 verse 4. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship, that means alliance or allegiance with the world, makes you an enemy of God. Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend or ally of the world makes himself an enemy to God. No man can serve two masters. He will either love the one or hate the other. You see, there again, we are not to love. We're actually to hate the world system. And you and I are being told every day that hatred is wrong. There is a place for hatred. We are to hate the system of the world, not the people. We're to love them. Not the people, not the people that are broken, not the people that are lost. We're to love them. They come to God because of that love and the goodness of God that's shown through us. It is the production or, or the work of the Holy Spirit in us that produces love, and people are attracted to that fruit. Fruit is sweet, it's not sour. Fruit attracts, fruit, fruit is wonderful, and the world needs it. The world is full of bitterness, the world is sour, it's full of hatred. It needs the sweetness and the goodness of God. I'm not talking about people, I'm talking about the system. The system. In John 15, verse 19, if you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, I chose you out of the world. Therefore, the world hates you. Well, I just want to be accommodating to everybody's beliefs. I just want to I wanna, I wanna be a chameleon. When I'm here, I'll look like this. When I'm over there, I'll look like that. That doesn't do anyone that's lost any good. The whole world is looking for a lighthouse in the storm, man. I mean, it's a shipwreck out there after shipwreck. And everybody you're working with and living near is looking for someone that will have the courage to say, I love you, but I hate that system that hurts you. And I hate that system that you're you're caught up in. And I love you enough to shine the light of love into your life. I'm not agreeing with your sin. And I don't care if you're the pastor or the deacon or you're someone that just walks the streets of Finley. I love you enough to call you out of that. I got a lot of friends here today. That's good. uh... I say, Pastor, you know, you... you're 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 telling me that 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 if these two people are going to do this and oh in the old testament it says that and in the new testament in romans 1 it says that but these two people love each other that that's not really love yes i am telling you that i am telling you that that's lust i'm telling you that's not love Uh, no wait a minute the bible is because john goes on to say everything that is of the world The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. These are not from God. The source of true love is from God. Let him define it. If he's the one that produces it, then he's the one that defines it. You say you're going to make some people uncomfortable with what you're saying. Um, Vote me out if I don't. Playing around on a date and doing things you should only do as husband and wife. No different than playing around on the internet, looking at things that you shouldn't be looking at. No different than this person being with the same-sex person, doing things they shouldn't do. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. And isn't it funny? The parades have pride in them. And I... (laughs) Oh, it's easy for you to pick on that kind of stuff because you you, you get everybody riled up on that. Can I, can I just tell you, I guarantee you, by the time this message is done, you will see that people will drop me from Facebook. They'll drop me from social media because I've become a hater. I'm a lover, man. Amen. Only in the amount that he gives me a new heart. Only in the amount that he empowers me to love. I'm not a hater. I just don't care for the world. It's not been good to me. Let me show you how this breaks down before I close here this morning. How do we do this? How do we love people? How do we love God but hate sin? Because it's not just for people and their sin. It's also for us in our sin, okay? How, how do we do that? Let's talk about a heart transplant. If you're going to attempt to do this on your own, you'll fail miserably time and time again because your flesh is part of the world. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. That is what has come from the world. We'll go back to the world. Your new man, your new nature, the spirit of the living God that is in you comes from God. That other carnal part of your nature doesn't come from God. So how do we do it? We need a new heart. Ezekiel chapter 36, 26 says this. I will give you a new heart. <laughs> I'll put a new spirit in you. You know what You know what sets me free on that? Because there's so many things that before I came to Christ and even after I came to Christ that I still wanted to do. And it was like three people that go, yeah, me too. The rest of you, you're, so, you're, you're church ladies. You got it all figured out, I know. But there were things that even after coming to Christ, even to this day, that I still want to do. I still want to do it. And it grieves my spirit because I, I do love God. But sometimes my love for God fails me because that's a love that comes from me. What do I need? I need a new heart. I need him to put a new heart inside of me. I need his heart, not my heart. My heart's gonna fail me. He says, I'll do it. I'll give you a new heart. I'll put a new spirit in you. I'll remove the heart of stone from your body and replace it with a heart that's God-willed, not self-willed. Woo! Hallelujah! Thank you, God. That's mine to claim, because I'm his people. How do I how do I see that happen in my life? Once I've asked God to put a, a new heart within me, then I need to put the heart of Jesus at the center of everything that's going on in my life. Not just first. I know some of you like that that metaphor, that allegorical statement, that Jesus is first, everything else. And that's fine that's okay but let me give you a new way of looking at it here okay if Jesus is just first then there can be a really close second and what I'm here to tell you this morning is is that Jesus doesn't just need to be first Jesus needs to be at all and he needs to be at the center of everything that I do think of Jesus as the son, and everything else needs to rotate around him he needs to be at the center of your business your life your marriage husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church think about this Think about maybe the heart transplant that comes from your marriage is putting Jesus' heart at the center of your marriage instead of your heart. Ladies, this will set you free because you're going to get a man that's going to love you like Jesus. He can love you better than anybody can love you, right? Think about this for a second. The source of that love now is Jesus because Jesus, and here's a phrase I want to use that's coming from the King James. Jesus is in the midst, in the middle, all right? Watch this. John in the book of Revelation, in the Bible, says he heard a voice in heaven and he turned and seen the Lamb in the midst. You know what makes heaven heaven? Jesus in the middle. Not Malcolm in the middle. I'm talking about Jesus in the middle, right? When Jesus was crucified, the Bible says that Jesus was crucified in the midst of two thieves. Come on now, right? When he was resurrected, the Bible says that he appeared to those in the upper room and he appeared in the midst of them. You want to know why the Holy Spirit came? You want to know why it filled every believer? Why t- cloven tongues of fire were, ab- were above their heads? Because Jesus had already been in the midst of them. <laughs> is he in the midst of your marriage? Is he a center of your marriage? Is the source of love that you're giving your spouse, you, or is the source of your love Jesus in the middle of your heart? You see, everything you call love is really needing to be centered on Jesus, not on you. And when it's not you, and it's all about Jesus, we have some hope. Yes. We have some hope. <laughs> I want to show you this. There's an Old Testament story. Moses is leading the children of Israel to this place called Shur. Now, in, in Aramaic and in Hebrew, it doesn't mean, like we say, foshal. You know, it doesn't mean, sh- doesn't mean that. But anyway, it leads them to a place called Shur, and there's some water there. And that water there, they begin to drink it. They're, They're thirsty, right? And let me remind you what should have been just an 11-day journey from Egypt to the promised land took 40 years because they kept complaining. They kept having a love issue, right? That's what complaining is, right? It it really is. They kept having a love issue. And so they come to this water. The water's called Mara. It means bitter, right? And if there's ever a love problem, there's a bitterness problem. Uh, Sometimes we want to go after... The fruit, but God says, check the root, you know? The root problem of bitterness is love, not bitterness. The root problem of unforgiveness is love, not unforgiveness. You need a new heart and a blood transfusion. Anyway, they come, they drink the water, the water's no good. Can you imagine? This is terrible. It's like eating an entire bag of potato chips and being really, really thirsty. And you can't, you can't, but you just can't stop eating them, you know? You ever notice that about it's the salt in the potato it's like being stranded at sea you're out in the middle of sea ever watch one of those like uh, I shouldn't be alive shows right and they're stranded in the middle of the sea and there's there's they they start thinking well I'm gonna drink the water right but the waters it, and so and the water it, it, it causes them to use the restroom they they get even more dehydrated and they start to get uh, they start to see illusions right and, and, and then after a while they their body starts shutting down and they die but they're so thirsty, they get to a place to where they, they drink the water anyways, even though the, they know the water won't help them. That's where the world is. Yeah. They're stranded without a source. Israel does not have a source of water. God doesn't tell Moses, go around and slap them all on the head. <laughs> Just give them the, give them the right hand of fellowship right across the face, the old spirit of slap, you know? Yeah. Knock them out, Moses, because they're goobers. That's not what he does. He says, Moses, go get some wood go go get a beam of wood go throw it out into the center i don't know if anybody's hearing this today go 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 take that wood and put it in the center of the water and then the bitter water was changed and they came and drank and i wonder i wonder if the heart transplant and the transfusion comes from the cross I wonder if the bitterness that is in the world is because we really haven't preached the cross. Okay? We've preached Jesus loves you, but we're not preaching what he did to love you. Um, oh, that's nice. He gave his life on the cross for me. He died because you're a vile and I'm a vile sinner. And if he didn't, the Father would destroy us and he stood in the way and said no i'll take the p- i'll take it that's the preaching of the cross that is foolishness to men men that are dying the cross jesus was put in the midst was put in the center i wonder if we could see this morning that uh, when jesus really comes to the center of our lives and we become true worshipers of him you know that romans 12:1 jazz you know I urge you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your whole body a living sacrifice, holy. There's the word holy. Old Testament, kadosh. What does it mean? It means to be separated unto God, fully consecrated unto God. You're completely God's. Watch this. It doesn't mean that God follows you. It doesn't mean that God joins you in your trek towards whatever satisfaction you're trying to get out of life. It means that you give up your old life and you follow him. Yeah. Uh, uh. You present your as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. It's only your reasonable service. And be not transformed, or, or be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Okay, okay. So we're not to be like the world. We're to be transformed. We're to have God's heart. How does, that, how does that work? How does it work? Let me give you one last verse, and then we'll close, okay? First John 4.10. 1 John 4.10. If you could write it down, it'd be great. If, if not, uh, I'll just preach the whole sermon next week. The same one. That'll give me a nice week. <laughs> I'm serious. I ain't playing. Yeah, okay, good. This is love. This is love. In other words, it's defined this way. Not that you and I, not that we love God, but that he loved us. That he loved us. Okay, let me, let me break it down. When you realize just how much he loves you, you'll despise the things he does not love. His love changes your heart into his heart the answer is not in your heart the answer is in his heart and his heart changes us to be like his son Jesus Christ when I encounter his love I am changed the world is not hearing about his true love it's hearing that he's an ibuprofen it's hearing that Jesus is a painkiller he's a additive he's a make your life a little better as you go on destroying it they're not hearing that his love is transformative that his love will change you from the inside out okay so my son isaac i love this guy um my wife people meet him it's like is that your twin only like you know only like 30 years younger? What's, what is the deal, you know? And I do kind of look at him sometimes, and I'm like, ha, oh boy, you got the look, man. You are you are sharp, man. He stopped by the parsonage this week, and he's got, a, he's got a vehicle, and he's been working on it for a couple weeks. And I'm at that parenting stage where I let people make mistakes. I used to be a helicopter parent, where I was just like, oh, no, 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 get move, you know? And then I'm underneath and I'm gonna do, look what, watch what I'm doing, you know? And I'm just like, no, let's see, well, let's see what you got, bud. Let's see what you got. And he's like, well, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do this. And I'm thinking in my head, no, that's not where I'd start. But I'm like, okay, let's check it out. Well, he has a brake problem, his caliper has gone bad. And not only has his caliper gone bad there is a brake line it's a little bendy squiggly little thing that connects to the hard brake line that goes throughout the rest of the vehicle that has been stopped up with a contaminant there are things in there that do not belong and so it's caused his caliper to shut and now as he drives down the road you you know you hear and suddenly the wheel is turning different colors of red and purple and blue because it's hot it's stuck Right, so we change the caliper, we we change the little brake line that goes up. But you know what else we have to do? We have to flush the system. How do you do that, Pastor Glenn? Because I'm really into this this morning. <laughs> I I love working on brakes. I don't. I'm glad that God works on my heart because it's not a fun time. It's a little messy, it's a little nasty, it's a little crazy, but you put the new fluid in and you pump the old fluid out. And the new fluid pushes the old. The new fluid pumps it out. You know what? You know what? I'm going to save you a lot of money. You You could get your brakes fixed this way, guess what else? You can flush your radiator system this way too. You see how much free stuff you're getting in this church? <laughs> this is all free. You, not only that, you can flush your transmission system the same way. Now, if you go and do it and your transmission burns up, don't come talk to me about it. <laughs> A little disclaimer. I'm just saying some have, okay? You see, the old, the old fluid has to be pushed out. You don't get to add God to the contamination And it changes who you are. You have to flush the old out as the new is pumped in. And we've got to tell people that. There must be a change when you come to Christ. And it is, God, I no longer trust my heart because it's exceedingly wicked. Who can know it but you, God? And your word says that. God, I trust you. Change me the inside out would you stand with me in prayer so worship team comes uh, here's how we're going to close today Um, I'm actually going to either let you stand or or you can sit whatever but usually I ask you to stand first so you don't sleep through prayer (laughs) I I just want you to take a few minutes with God and I, I want you to ask him to flush the system of your heart. Yes. Flush some of that old out, God. Flush it all out. Put your new in me. Renew my spirit. Renew my mind. Renew my heart. It's full of contaminants. It's not right. Um, do a little thing called repentance. Come on, pray with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, we're just going to take the next few moments, Lord, as long as your spirit would call us and desire us to be. Hey, God, we're going to, we're going to ask that God that you create... In us, a clean heart. Oh God, and renew a right spirit in me. Change me, God. Cleanse me with this.